Hello, I'm Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops, and once again I'd like to welcome you to Journey into an Unknown World. I have been doing this show for a long time now and I've done a lot of topics, but today I want to take one that is current. I'd like to talk about gay marriages, to talk about relationships in general, to talk about freedom of rights, to focus on the many issues that can occur in any relationship, to look at the promises that we all make to one another, as well as look back in time to history and the things that we have been dealing with through thousands of years. So let me just take a deep breath and say that the first thing I want to encourage you to do is to go to my website www.sumariscenter.com for information about my books, especially the Rejection Syndrome, which teaches you about the coding that we all come into embodiment with. It's called the Soul Structure Coding which will also explain a lot of reasons why we meet the people we meet and why we do the things we do with them. I'd also like to remind you that all my books are ebooks, and you can download them directly from that site. So let's get on with the idea of emotional ties to one another. A very, very long time ago when I was working in psychology and psychiatry in England, I found that there were many people who seemed to want to seek me out for guidance concerning their sexual preferences. In those days, anything about being sexually attracted to one's own sex was hushed-hushed, swished under the carpet. But today I'm happy to say it's out in the open and more and more people are admitting that they have an affinity with their own sex. So what I'd like to do here, first of all, is to talk about history. Let's go back in time, way back in time, way back before the Egyptians and the Romans, back before the Arcadian times, back to the beginning of the dawn of time. It may sound rather cruel per se to mention this, but in the animal world, whatever is going to happen, happens. For example, dogs like to meet one another and do things to one another, oblivious of whether it's a boy or a girl dog, to put it that simply. That is the natal energy of all of us within us, is to be attracted sensually and sexually through our five senses to be attracted to someone who seems to entice us in some way. The bottom line is procreation. But in a world where there's not necessarily always enough women or not particularly enough men, there are countries where men have many wives or vice versa. One wife has many husbands. This was particularly obvious in Africa many, many years ago. So what are we saying? We're saying that the essence of any relationship can result in 
the reproduction of our species. But if we put that aside, if we stop and we think about what attracts us to someone, the bottom line is, it's not just the appearance, the look of a person, it's what's inside a person. Now, if you were to meet a woman who was gorgeous, everything that you could think of as the perfect symbol of womanhood, only to find out that she was bitchy, aggressive, and horrible inside, you might well say, you can't tell the book, the cover of the book doesn't tell what's inside the pages, right? I would get that round the right way somehow. So in the same way, beauty is skin deep. In other words, there is much more to us than what we see on the outside. In our modern history, we have been noticing slim people because they look good on magazines. We've been noticing superstars who have their false hair on, their eyes made up, and look charming. We've seen gurus who proposed great moments of love to the world only to go home and rant and rave at their staff who are abused emotionally and mentally by them. Yes, the bottom line is we all have good and bad within us, but more importantly, we are all attractive to someone who is kind and someone who is understanding and loving. And of course, if one is abused emotionally, mentally and physically by one person, it can affect us for the rest of our lives. I'd like to mention here that should you need counseling or a reading, I don't have to have you with me. All you have to do is go to my website, www.sumaricenter.com, and click on the reading page. You'll see a list of all the different issues I can deal with. Write to me at drmargaretrvc at gmail.com. Tell me your questions. Don't load me with too many, five's plenty, and I will channel through for you some answers to help you deal with your issues, especially if it's to do with a relationship. So let's talk about our sexuality. I know when I was a little child, I was told very clearly, when you grow up, you will need to find a nice young man who has a marvelous profession, who is going to take care of you in a beautiful way and you will live happily ever after. Wrong, wrong, wrong. I had completely the opposite. Abused, beaten, and left alone for hours to cry my heart out. Went on to make a second mistake, cried my heart out again, died on it, but came back and said, never again. Now, did that make me want to turn to my own sex for comfort? Well, of course it did. I had lots of friends, lots of female friends, and I loved to sit with them and tell them just what was going on in my life. But the one thing I knew for me without a shadow of doubt was that my sexual attraction was based in men. 
and it never changed. But many of the women that I did talk to and share my ideas with were very quick to tell me that as a result of forced marriages, the birth of children, the conditions of their life, the way they were cheated, they had suddenly realized that they were not in fact attracted to men, quite the reverse. They were attracted to their own species, woman. And woman was able to comfort and nurture and understand. It has long been accepted that women are sweet, soft and gentle. They can hold hands, hug and kiss, and everyone says, how wonderful. To see men hug and kiss in public is suddenly outrageous. Why? Because the Victorian idea was to give the stiff upper lip, to show that you don't really have emotions, but rather are full of ideas about business. Because after all, young boys were told, you will grow up, you will have a wife, you will have children, and you must take care of them. No matter what happens, don't show your emotions. And most importantly, don't show off your sexual tributes to anyone, even your wife. So what happened? The lights go off at night. He does his duty, she prepares and has babies, and life continues with the flourish of society. So much was hidden in those times. If we flip back to ancient times, the Arcadian times, we're going to find that there was much the same thing happening. Men controlled the world, women were subjected to their ways, no one communicated, and life was full of suffering which of course led much later to philosophers and theologists who liked to congregate in public squares in Greek and Roman places where they could be heard. And now here today, in a similar vein, we are all speaking up in public places about the philosophy and theology of how we feel about our sexuality and our relationships. You may wonder then, where does my side go? Who am I belonging to? Who am I attached to? And the truth is, I'm attached to no one or no idea. But what I have experienced is that marriage after marriage has been torn apart. I've spent so many of my years counseling men and women, trying to help them stay together in a relationship that should never have happened. Whereas when I've had gay couples come to me, I found a deep love that is so profound that it allows them to discuss any issues they have. There is no suspicion, there is no doubt about how they feel about one another. They have a complete unity and a complete trust. You see, in normal marriage scenarios, each person is insecure. The man relies upon the woman to soften his strength, while the woman has great strength but relies upon the man to give her security and power. Those aspects cause a confrontation time and time again. 
expectations are put in front of one another and time and time again they fail. In gay relationships, they've had the experience of floundering around trying to admit who they are. Deep-seated searching, soul-searching goes on. Their quest to know themselves and to understand the meaning of love is so deep that most heterosexual couples cannot understand this. They're too busy thinking about the conditioning, the circumstances that marriage has made them aware of to supply and demand whatever is needed to keep them happy in a marriage. Whereas gay couples are much more concerned about their living environment, taking care of one another emotionally, and trying to sort out their life in terms of acceptance. Unfortunately, in my opinion, today, there is too much emphasis on the word marriage and not enough emphasis on the word relationship. We are not living in a Victorian age. Many couples now live together without marriage. Those couples often last into elderly age because there is no piece of paper controlling them. So I ask the question, why would gay people want to have a marriage certificate? After all, the original idea of a marriage certificate was to say that you belong to one another. But in society, it has become a piece of paper to show around that you are in some way accepted. Did the Victorian people flash their marriage certificates around? I think not. Did society ask them to prove their loyalties in some way? Not really. They kept all their business secret. Here we are in a modern technical age, an age where even your social security number or your driver's license number can be found by someone hacking into the systems. So why are we worrying about what people think? I want to stress here that I have counseled women and men who are in gay relationships and I have found time and time again that their sincerity in giving and loving is so deep that any offspring they adopt or children they've already birthed are given a much more stable and secure upbringing. Whereas children who are the offspring of a married couple who argue and fight from morning till night, who blame and shame for not having their dreams realized, cause the children of today to suffer emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. I want to yet again remind everyone that I have a book called The Rejection Syndrome that you can download from my website, www.sumariscenter.com, that's listed below. You can also go to my YouTube um, channel, which is www.youtube.com forward slash user 
forward slash Dr. Margaret, where you can listen to many of my videos talking about relationships and the books. But let me come back to this subject of marriage. When two people stand before God saying words such as, I promise to love, honor, and cherish, how many actually understand what that means? To love in any given circumstances, when the bills come in, if one partner goes off and has an affair, is there forgiveness and still love? When the children need new shoes and there's no money, is there still love? There are many incidents in relationships, whether they're gay or straight, where love is tested. To love someone for all time is to be able to honor and respect their choices, even if you don't agree. To love someone is to respect them all the time, no matter what is happening. If you find yourself blaming and shaming your partner because they did not come up to your expectation, then you must take a look at yourself and ask yourself, why did you put up so many expectations? And why did you force your partner to fail by not fulfilling those expectations? Often in marriage, we see people driving one another away with acts of blame and shame. We have to stop and realize that our point of view is ours alone. Each individual's point of view will never be the point of view of another completely, for we cannot step into the body of that person, use their brain, and think with their eyes, their ears, and speak with their mouth. So when two gay people come together and say that they want to be married, they are not talking about the hopes and dreams that each will provide, but rather talking about the fact that they have discovered true love and are deeply honored by their partner and are fully respectful of this person that they would like to spend the rest of their life with. And I'm happy to say that when they find one another, they know this, not from conscious thought, not by the look of the appearance of the body, not by the ideas that society's laid upon them, but rather by their very soul, the very essence of their being. We all come into embodiment with a soul structure coding. I mentioned it earlier. That gives us our personality and character. We also come in with a focus, a goal. That goal might be to grow spiritually, it might be to understand acceptance or even rejection. In the book, you'll learn about these things. But what I want you to understand is that every relationship tests these goals and gives us every opportunity to look inward, to reach within our own spirit, to question our own existence and the very things that we need to do. Today, our politicians fight over what they believe should be the rights and wrongs of marriage. 
They also fight over who is covered by insurance or who is legally having the last say to a partner in the moments of death and so on. Surely it's time for people to understand that if love is abundant and if it abounds in a couple's relationship, they each know one another the best and should therefore have every opportunity to provide for the one they love, not by being forced to be married, but rather by being accepted as two unique people who have come together in love to share their lives. And in sharing their lives, share their material things, their emotions, their mind, their body, and of course their property. I listened once to some parents complaining that their daughter was in a relationship with another woman, an older woman, and they felt that this child was being manipulated by the older woman. They asked me to interfere and separate them. My reply was, I will not, cannot, and would not. However, if the daughter has problems in the relationship, she should come and see me. The next thing I know, a mother had made an appointment for her to come and she turned up. And the first question I asked her was, do you love your partner? With her eyes big, her heart swelling with joy and pride, she said, yes. I asked her if she was replacing her nagging mother with this older woman who was taking on a mother form and she replied, oh no, she's nothing like my mother. I wouldn't want to be involved with a woman who's like my mother. Upon investigation, I found that this older woman was only five years older. What difference does five years make when you're past 25? Nothing. So the important thing is to recognize that you can be in love with someone who's a lot older than you. Well, they think nothing about having an old man marrying a young woman in many, many countries. So why wouldn't a young man marry an older woman? And why wouldn't couples who are gay be enticed into relationships through love for older or younger partners? We cannot judge what people think and say. We can only say that in this our time, when the world is technical and everyone has an opportunity to share themselves with others, that we should first of all make sure that we are grounded in realism, that we have researched ourselves deeply to question our loves and likes, our sexual responses and stimulants and be fully aware of how we integrate ourselves in society as individuals. After all, you wouldn't like to be introduced to someone as this married couple, Mr. and Mrs. so-and-so. I'm sure a gay couple does not want to be introduced as the gay couple, Mr. and Miss so-and-so. The one connotation I have over this marriage symbol is the word wife or husband. 
You know, those are words for a married couple. Why can't we just allow them to say, my love partner, my other half, the one I love? Why do we have to even stipulate that a person is gay? Surely it's time to understand in this shift of consciousness, in the waking of the Aquarian age, that love is love. And that when two people have found one another, whatever their sex is, that love honors and respects their unity for as long as they want to be together. The church says in our Christian faith, that man and woman are joined together. That religious service was made by Christians hundreds of years ago. But what if we're Muslim? A man is allowed more wives. What if we are Hindu, where we believe we'd step on an ant and we kill an ancestor? What is belief? I'd like you to take a deep breath right now and ask yourself, what really do you believe? What do you really believe? I always ask people to write to me when they listen to this show. I hope you will. You can write to me on Facebook, Margaret Rogers Van Koops. You'll find me there. Or you can write to me on LinkedIn. My email is drmargaretrvc at gmail.com. You can write to me that way, or you can Google me. Whatever you'd like to do, I'd like to hear from you. Let me change the subject for a moment. The word promise. When you promise to love, honor, cherish, and obey, what are you really promising? You don't know, after all, how this person you're loving today will be in 20 years' time. I suggest you speak to some elders who've been married for at least 30 years. They'll give you some strong advice on how to be with someone you love, whether they're straight or gay. Because everyone at some time needs some help with a relationship problem, an issue of some kind. And last but not least, I'd like to express my concern with family members. If two people find one another, whether they're straight or gay, it is often a problem with the family members. I know in my life there was a certain situation that I had to deal with in my second marriage. I had to win my mother-in-law over to my side. She's long past, so I can talk about her. She was very into herself and all the things she wanted. However, her heart was deep and she loved her son. Was I good enough for her son? Or was her son good enough for me? Her opinion was hers. Given time, she learned that I was quite a nice person. But the same can be said of gay couples. Families have ideas, they have judgments. So it doesn't matter who the in-laws or the outlaws are. <laughs> what we need to say is, if you are in love with someone, then you must learn to make a promise to love, to honor and respect, with or without religion, to believe in one another and to enjoy yourself. 
my last issue with the gay business that goes on all the time from state to state in America and across the world is to say this. Allow these people to be the spokesperson for the one they love. Prevent the family from interfering in what is their perfect relationship. Give them the right to have benefits as a husband or a wife would. Give them every opportunity to be supported by one another and let society let them be. Let them honor and love one another as they would love to do without all the invasion from society, religion, philosophy, etc. Okay, so here I am, I've given you a little lecture, sort of channeled, on allowing us to accept gay couples in our society. If you have someone you know who's having a problem with, as they say, coming out, please give them an opportunity to listen to this show by sharing it with them. If you know members of families who are dealing with a gay child, then perhaps you'll let them listen to this too. The point of this show is not to voice my opinion or to take sides, but rather to help anyone listening to understand that this is the way of our times, that our spirits are entering into our bodies with a point of view to show us that our sexuality must not be a controlling factor, but rather a doorway into spiritual awareness. I'm sure you found many books on spiritual matters concerning this. I'd like to encourage you to read them and discover, in fact, how many periods in history there have been times when gay life was fully accepted in many different cultures. Once again, I want to remind you that if you want to sort out a relationship issue, you can get a reading with me, write to me, drmargaretrvc at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to download any of my books or my kits or anything else, go to www.sumariscenter.com. And last but not least, I'd like to remind you that we have finally got up a psychic development course on my school online, which is sumariseducationcenter.com. You can go there and you can begin to study with me. It's a marvelous program. You can talk to me through the program. So once again, I want to thank you for listening to this show and hopefully it will help you in the days to come in mingling with gay couples as well as helping you to think about how you are dealing with your relationship every day of your life, straight or heterosexual, gay, male or female, doesn't matter. Love one another. Bye.